If you just open this like I told you to, tie yourself down to whatever chair you're sitting in because this email is gonna be a rough fucking ride. For those of you that have your heads under rocks, which apparently is the majority of this chapter, we have been fucking up in terms of nighttime events and general social interactions with Sigma Nu. If you're reading this right now and saying to yourself, OMG, Becca, I've been having so much fun with my sisters this week. Then punch yourself in the face right now so that I don't have to fucking find you on campus and do it myself. You have 361 days out of the fucking year to talk to sisters, and this week is not. I fucking repeat, not fucking one of them. This week is about fostering relationships in the Greek community, and that's not fucking possible if you're gonna stand around, talk to each other, and not our matchup. Newsflash, you stupid fucking cocks! Rats don't like boring sororities. Oh, wait, double fucking newsflash. Sigma Nu is not gonna wanna hang out with us if we fucking suck. Which, by the way, in case you're an idiot and need it spelled out for you, we fucking suck so far. This also applies to you little shits that have talked openly about post-gaming at a different frat in front of Sigma Nu Brothers. Are you people fucking retarded? That's not a rhetorical question. I literally want you to email me back telling me if you're mentally slow so I can make sure you don't go to any more nighttime events. If Sigma Nu said, yeah, we're gonna invite Zeta over, would you be happy? Would you? No, you wouldn't! So why the fuck? Do you do it to them? First of all, you shouldn't be post-gaming out of the frats. I don't give a fuck if your boyfriend's in it. You don't go! You don't go! And you especially do fucking not convince other girls to leave with you. Rebecca! You say in your whiny little bitch voice to your computer screen, I've been cheering on our sports team at all the sports. Doesn't that count for something? No, you stupid fucking asshats! It fucking doesn't! Do you wanna know fucking why? Doesn't count because you've been fucking up at sober fucking events too! For example, being stupid shits and saying stuff like, yeah, what's kickball? Well, it's time someone told you, no one fucking likes that! I will fucking cunt punt the next person I hear doing something like that, and I don't give a fuck if you SOR me. I will fucking assault you. If this email applies to you in any way, meaning if you are a little asswipe that stands in corners at night, or if you're weird shit that does weird shit during the day, this following message is for you. Do not go to tonight's event! I'm not fucking kidding! Don't go! If you were one of the people that have told me, oh no, boo-hoo, I can't talk to the boys, I'm too sober, then I pity you. Because I don't know how you got this far in life, and with that in mind, don't fucking show up. Unless you're going to stop being a goddamn cocklock for our chapter. Seriously, I swear to fucking God, if I see anyone being a goddamn boner at tonight's event, I will tell you what we think. Even if you're sober. And for those of you who are offended at this email, I apologize, but I really don't give a fuck. Go fuck yourself.
expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and guests of the podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Soberless Thoughts. I'm Mike Godemet. And I'm Alex Gorley. And these are... Soberless Thoughts. Hey, Alex. How you been doing lately? You know, just chilling over here. Just... Taking it as it comes. My brother from another mother. That's right. <laughs> well, I'll tell um, you what, I just got done giving my baby girl a bottle and I'm ready for mine. So what are we drinking? Sounds great. So we are drinking one from Founders Brewing Company called Backwoods Bastard. That's right. Uh, it is a scotch ale and ABV rating of... 11.2%. That's quite a bit of alcohol for a single beer there. So we're going to have lots of fun tonight. Um, the notes on this is a lovely warm smell of single malt scotch, oaky bourbon barrels, smoke, sweet caramel, and roasted malts, a bit of earthy spice, and a scintilla of dark fruit. It's a kickback sipper made to excite the palate. I'm excited. I don't know about you. I'm not sure how I feel about a warm smell, but let's give it a go. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers.
Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's like a Scotch ale. It's like aged in like Scotch bourbon barrels. So it has like a <sighs> Scotch bourbony caramel. And I get the Scotch. See, I don't because I hate. I hate scotch, dude. <laughs> we have figured that out on this thing. That yeah. You are not a fan of scotch. You'll drink it if it's there, but yeah. you ain't paying for it. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's my only option, if I'm yeah. at a party, is some I'm a I'm at the club with gentlemen, and right. and well, that's what we're drinking, you know. And I, that's that's my option. Where somebody's like, "Do you want a glass?" You know, and I have no option as to what's in that glass. I'll take the scotch and I'll drink it, or whatever. But like, yeah. I don't really taste the scotchiness. Like, I don't taste that campfirey. Oh, it's it's more like uh, see, that's the t- so. There's two types of scotch, mm. and we had the campfirey one, which is. Yeah. The Highland and the Lowlands, and I'm going blank on it right now, the difference between two. But other than the fact, I'm trying to remember which one's which. So one of them is very smoky, like old boot leather, and the other one's like just mild malt, single malt, like it's malty, like cereal grain taste. And this has that cereal grain taste to it. Okay. See that? Now that makes more sense. Because what's the the alcohol... Parts per 11. Ball. 11. Yeah. 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 11%. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Backwoods bastard, man. It, it, uh, uh, I guess I've never had that type of scotch that you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? If maybe if I've had, cause I've only had the campfire type of i just buried my face in the ashes of my campfire (laughs) like that's the only type i've ever had so right maybe i might be a fan of the other type of scotch oh yeah yeah the like legit single malt yeah i have to try it one day all right challenge accepted because this doesn't taste bad to me yeah it's getting better. I gotta say, the first I was so overwhelmed with all the different flavors. Well, see, I think what happens is because it's eleven percent alcohol, right? So the yep. more you drink, the less uh, taste buds you have. <laughs> True, active inside of your mouth. So you know, once you get down to the to the nitty gritty of this bottle or the glass that you're drinking. That's it, man. That's it's like, okay, now it just tastes like delicious flavors going into my mouth. Yeah. A waterworks. Like last week I had like a waterworks of saliva going on in my mouth from that IPA that we drank. <laughs> right. Like I kind of have that going on right now too. I think that's just with craft beer in general, with all the different onslaught of flavor that they put into these. So, um, Highland, Highland Scotch, I think is what I'm thinking of. If my research, my quick research comes up. So Highland Scotch, you're not, you don't like the Highlands. You're part of the Lowlands. The Lowlands. Yeah. Maybe so I smoke, just, ri- maybe I just smoke for the Viking mead type shit. Right. The, 
the smoke rises. That's how I'm going to remember Highland and Lowland. I keep, I always have to sit there and think my way through it. And I, the couple scotches I've had, I'm like, all right, that was this. What did it say on the bottle? Highland or Lowland? Uh, That's a great way to remember though. Smoke rises. Yeah. yeah. Smoke rises. Smoke on the water. All right, man. So uh, what are we talking about tonight, Alex? Well, uh, <laughs> since it's uh, the fools of April, I figure we could talk about practical jokes. Practical jokes. Yeah. What's an impractical joke? I don't know. Isn't that that TV show on ABC or whatever? I don't you know. know what I'm th- impractical jokers. I was kidding. Um, is actually, what, like, is that the name of the show? Impractical jokers? Or is it now just- it was pra- Now I don't know. Hey, Cass, she's got her headphones on. She's listening to a serial serial killer podcast right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with her back against the wall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, impractical. Let's let's say practical joke. I don't know what would be an impractical joke. Would that just be like a regular old joke? I I don't know. An impractical, like impractical. I think like something that's absurd. It's impractical. It's it's craziness. Yeah, like like it's not even sh- like it's not even funny. Yeah, like it's so out there. It's not funny. Okay. Yeah. Like, All right. That like being I, said, I took a chainsaw to your hand and cut it off, and I'm like. <laughs> You're like what? And I'm like, that was an impractical joke. See, I don't. I think that would be considered a practical joke because <laughs> I'm sitting there <laughs> because you you did it practical. Like, so I think impractical is like so obscure. It'd be like warping the space time continuum. But the the funny thing is that I it, the first thing I thought of of those like impractical jokes was this stand up comedian I used I. I used to see around in the Lexington comedy scene, right? And his name was, I'll never forget this guy. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say his last name, but well, I kind of have to. Whatever. Uh, his name was Afon Mimin. Afon Mimin. Right. Okay. And he was, um, I remember he was like, this kid was like, he was from the Middle East and he came like he was like in I, I don't know if i have this right or not i remember he was in like an arranged marriage situation at least that's what i i remember hearing or thought and then he did stand up comedy on the side with all of us rough rough scallions but he went to like the local like the university of kentucky and he was like uh engineer like a like a civil electrical engineer something like that like we're doing great like I'm like you're gonna be somebody what are you doing like hanging right. out with us right yeah. like you're gonna make tons of money but i get it he's like this was just kind of like a hobby but i'll never forget this dude because his stand-up was so out there like to the like look let me put it this way i remember some of his bits Right. That's yeah. how much this left an impression on me. I will never forget him <laughs> to the day I die. Like it's and honestly, it's because when someone that does some shit like this 
I have to analyze it as like a comedic historian in my own right. I just, I like, I like everything about this dude. I was like analyzing and I'd seen his bits both bomb horribly in the worst way fashionable. But the reason I give him so much props and I actually like admired this kid was I used to go to this coffee shop at in like at the University of Kentucky and coffee shops are the worst place to do stand up period right everyone's jacked up on coffee no one's drinking no one's loose they're uptight as fuck right, right. so i used to go to this coffee shop and i would it had an open mic night now the thing about this open mic night it's everything it's not just comedians it's like some guy gets up and he's playing a song like literally that like one of the nights i was up there this guy played a song that he wrote about his ex-girlfriend who just broke up with him uh because she was cheating or some shit like that damn and then and then someone got up and did a spoken word about the patriarch the patriarchy and how uh like the struggles of being a woman and then i go up there and i'm like jacking off's weird isn't it right <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously i bombed yeah fucking hard and I, I i went through a phase where i kept going to this open mic and every time i bombed and i tried i'm telling you i tried every style i could think of and i do this and i do that and every single time i bombed and i talked to other comedians and i would tell them because like we'd always like you know it's like a group of guys and be like hey what are you doing like what shows you doing this week and like man i'm going over to this bar i'm going to this bar i'm like yeah i heard about that and like they'd be like what are you doing monday i'm like i'm actually going to i think it's closed now but it's a place called the common grounds yeah and they were like, why? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. It's an open mic. It's something to do. I'm just doing stage time. And like every single one of them was like, dude, I did that show once and never went back. And like, every time I talked to you, you were going back there. I'm like, cause I'm going to fucking figure out this paradoxical Pandora's box of fuckery. Yeah. That is this place. Right? right. And at first I would get up and bomb and I would start to get mad. And then it was, it started to become like, like it, it was like, it actually helped me do other shows because one thing you have to learn on stage as a, like a standup is when you're bombing to not let it discourage you because that's how you're going to go further down in the hole. And then you've got to figure a way to dig yourself back out. Yeah. And that's what this place is helping me do. And I just had blow to- yourself up down in the bottom of the hole. <laughs> right. Exactly. Either you take everyone with you to the bottom and you go fuck the world and poof, or you grab them all and you go, don't worry. Right. I've got this. And I've actually had people at least uh, I, it's been a while, but I remember I've had people come up to me like, dude, you were like a chameleon on stage. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I've seen you do jokes and you have a whole bit. And then if it doesn't work, you switch lanes and you start doing something else. I'm like, yeah, cause I've been doing this shit and I have all these different jokes and this wide array of like clean squeaky clean to raunchy. And I've just got to figure out where the hell the audience is. Yeah. Where's, and I go, where's and, the coffee shop bits? 
<laughs> right. Right. And that's what I was working on. So a fond memon, right? Yeah. So this is why this is where this kid comes in here, right? So there was like uh a I can't remember if it was a comedy thing, but there was like a, a competition there. At the coffee I, at the coffee at shop. The coffee, at the coffee shop, right? So winner got whatever, right? Um, I'm there, he's there. Uh your boy, me, I got a couple chuckles. But I didn't really do my best work. Let me put yeah. it that way. As usual, as per usual, <laughs> when I walk into that fucking place, right? Yeah. And let me tell you, this guy destroyed the room. Oh, yeah? I mean, destroyed like he's Dave Chappelle, destroyed like, like you name a great, this kid was it. In that, like, 10 minutes, he had this entire room in his palm of his hand and it was just pulsating and he could do whatever he wanted. Damn. And I like at that moment, I went, what the fuck? Yeah. And here's why. So here's the part about this dude. I hadn't told you. So his standup beat or his standup was obscure as fuck. Like he would get up on stage, and I remember his opening line was, My name's Afon Mimmon. Uh, it's like a fawn, like a baby deer, but uh, but then a fawn, and then goes Mimmon, but lemon with lemon with an M. <laughs> that was his opening bit, and then he go, then he started telling this story about walking down the street and he goes, so I was walking down the street and all of a sudden I see a penny and I go, what are you doing penny? And he's like, nothing. What are you doing? And then Abraham Lincoln's talking to me and then he's kept going. It's like, you want to get a root beer? Yeah, I'll go get a root beer. And it, it's <laughs> the most obscure shit you've ever heard in your life where he's taking you through this tale of him picking up a penny and talking to it and like go getting a root beer and squeezing a booger. Out. Like it was just the most, and it was so weird that it was so weird that it made the room awkward. And yeah. that's what made everybody laugh in that room right? Is because he made it. So it was like Napoleon dynamite doing stand up <laughs> after taking like mushrooms. Like it was weird. Like it was just weird, but it was so obscure. Like, and that, and like that was like one of the first or second times I was like I might have been one of the early times I met the guy because comedians were just like comedian you're with me what's up how you doing like I, we don't give a shit right uh, we stick together don't talk to the open don't talk to those fucking bongo players or over here this spoken <laughs> word bullshit me and you homie we're in this together um, <laughs> but like I like he killed it on such a level and I sat there like with my hands on my face looking at him like how the fuck did he do this and like i it like kept me up for days i'm like sitting there like how did he do how the fuck did he do that yeah. and then but then i would see him you know cuz he got such a great reaction he would go to other places that you know other stand up spots and none of them ever worked they all just sat there in this awkward silence it was like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But dude, in that moment, he lived like a king. Like it was so crazy. 
Do you think he still remembers that day? Has to. He has to. If I fucking remember it, he's got to. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I haven't seen that. I mean, he he dropped off for sure. He could, I think he got out of the game. He uh his wife girlfriend I, like I said, I, I think it was an arrange. I wasn't hundred percent sure, but he would show you pictures and I mean, she was really good looking. Um, he was like, yeah, this is my, this is going to be my wife. And then she came over after he graduated, uh, you know, engineering school. And yeah. then he, uh, you know, did all that. So that's probably what he's doing now. Yeah. Well, yeah. He made he made something out of himself, and I'm still trying to figure out how he destroyed a coffee room. And <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna get that coffee shop one day. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that that was the hurtful part. I'd been at it for like a couple months. Every Monday, boom, go in, die. Boom, go in, bomb. Boom, go in. <laughs> uh, boom, go in. And don't get me wrong, I had some good nights. I noticed my comedy songs did a lot better than my stand-up but even those i had like i remember i had an encore and i was like all right i'll do one more for you and i was like but it's raunchy they're like we don't care uh they They, did yeah they care they they definitely did because when i did it everyone went we didn't know you were gonna do that (laughs) yeah i was like i sat here and warned you assholes if this is what you want it's what you're gonna get i told you i told you don't break my guitar Fuck you. Right.
you know where April Fool's supposedly, quote unquote, comes from? From the 1st of April. Yes. <laughs> and we're done. All right. Go All ahead. right. Yeah. So I find it on the calendar every year. It's right, right there. Hey, speaking of that. So yeah. this is one of the theories about where uh, April Fool's comes from. This is the only one I got to. So there's other ones. We'll, we'll do it next year. Um, <laughs> I uh, prepared for this episode much like I did in high school for book reports. So I did it within the past uh, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did it in the homeroom leading up to the basically hit and record on the machine. <laughs> um, so one of the theories was um, the in the 16th century, they were changing to the Gr- Gregorian calendar. Oh, the Gregorian calendar. Right. From what? And they were the Julian calendar. Oh, okay. From Julius Caesar. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> is that really what it's from? Because I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Okay. Hey, it sounded good. Yeah. Well, I, should just, I shouldn't have said anything. She just left that in there. People were like, holy, yeah. fig, holy fuck, Julius Caesar had a calendar? Yeah. I thought he just got stabbed a bunch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's 100% uh, from Julian Caesar's calendar. Julian. Yeah. 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 See, we'll, we'll see. I'll edit all that so it makes sound. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but I guess that jump, a lot of people didn't know or didn't accept it. So when the dates well, yeah. change, can you imagine who's in charge of that? Who's in charge? You're changing the calendar for the fucking world for everybody. Right. Okay. Yeah. Who so died you- and made you king of everything. Exactly. Right. Like where, where the hell did that, like, who decides this kind of stuff, right? What what was the year? When was it? 1600s. Oh, it was the it was the Vatican. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, that's 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 actually I was sitting there thinking like I bet it was the Vatican. Yeah. Uh, because they ruled everything back then. Yeah. But what makes you um, think they don't now. Yeah. Um, I think they do. April Fools. That's kind of where it started. I've got like uh, wait, wait where did it start? Because you said because we did the you, the calendar change to the Gregorian from the Julius. Yeah, basically where the time changed, everyone. So I, I guess from what I read, it was like April April first. It was like uh, everyone that had gotten the memo and switched over. It was April 1st, but everybody else didn't. So they're on the wrong time. Like, oh, you silly willy. It's April 1st. Uh-huh. Hey, do you want to know something uh, cool about calendars? What? So 750 BC, something happened where like in space that they think it's maybe like planet X or something like that came by yep. and pulled earth slightly further away from the sun than it is now because all calendars before 750 BC had 12 month calendars with exactly 30 days for every month. Exactly. And then 
at 750 BC, right around that time frame, all the calendars throughout the world, I'm talking about like in the Mideast and China and uh, like uh, the people in South America and Mexico, the, the Aztecs and shit, they yeah. all changed their calendars right around the same, that exact same time around 750 years BC from the th- exactly 30 days and 12 month increments to split up to where some months have a couple days more and some days, some months have a couple days less. Uh. And it was global and all yeah. the civilizations globally did that all at the same time without being in cahoots with one another. How did they figure that out? Because they were fucking astronomers, dude. Way better than we are now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess at night, that's all you got to do is look at the stars. You notice shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. If you have zero light pollution ever. Yeah. You know, that's that's some shit that you see. I mean, especially like especially most of the year. It's it's nighttime most of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit. Right. I feel like we could do a whole episode on what caused that. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so I'm going to put a pin in it because I feel like I'm already like going into like, what if the aliens pulled the earth over to keep us safe from a comet? Like, I'm already thinking shit like that. Uh, <laughs> It'd be easier to move the earth <laughs> or to just fucking push the comet out of the way. Good call. <laughs> That's why there's two of us. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Or yeah, or yeah, something pulled us or maybe we're like you know, I know we're rotating around the sun and there's gravity, but like what if instead of being pulled into the sun, we're actually getting pushed out. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot that's going on that we're not pervy to. Like yeah. a lot of people think that it, the earth's not even round. A lot of people think that, uh, well, I mean, hell on this podcast, we believe that earth is grandma body shaped. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, that's right. Curse in all the wrong places. That's right. That's why you can stand on one side of Titicaca, Lake Titicaca, and look all the way across the other side of Lake Titicaca, and it's a straight line with the curvature of the earth. You shouldn't be able to see the other side of the shore. That's right, and there's Um, nothing but wrinkles. Right, unless it's (laughs) grandma's body shape. No, yeah, no. I, (laughs) I see tons of these people that are immensely flat earthers and they keep talking about like the ice shelf and all this on like TikTok and all that. Uh, and there was one guy, man, he had such an elaborate basement all revolved around this giant map of flat earth and like the ice ring around it. And I'm like, part of me is like, I feel like they need to get a GoFundMe, and then fly to the ice shelf wall, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And document this whole thing. 
I don't know if you can. I think it's too cold. That's why we don't do it all the time. Yeah. If you look at flight patterns on you, cause you can just pull up online flight patterns, commercial flights and everything else on. And you can see like the lines flying through the air of like the different flight patterns throughout the world. Nobody ever flies over the poles ever. Doesn't happen. Right. Just strictly does not happen. You only fly east to west, mostly east to west, west to east. That's it. You don't, nobody ever goes north and south. If you are living in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you need to go to Windsor, Canada, which is almost directly north of you, you got to go all the way to Washington State and Seattle and then fly all the way back for some reason. I don't know why, but you got to go way out one way and then way back the other way. You just can't go directly up. You can't go straight back down. It's weird, man. It's yeah. Have you ever looked at the UN uh, flag, the UN logo? Yes, I heard that on TikTok recently. Yeah, man. That's the, that, the, that's what the earth really looks like, supposedly. Yeah, that's the flat earth. Yeah. Um with the dome yeah, over top of it. <laughs> that's why that's why Disney has has the thing going over top of the castle. It's representing the dome. Do you know Walt Disney was a founding member of NASA? Uh maybe. I feel like I have heard that. Yeah, along maybe with by you. Yeah, yeah, Walt Disney and Von Bjorn, who was a Nazi, like they were best buddies and they created NASA. <laughs> That's wild. Hey, right? <laughs> right. Um, the funny thing, I, so I was actually sitting there thinking, though, like when you said that earlier, like if I'm in Canada and I want to fly to essentially Russia, is the only thing I could think of. Like, yeah, I guess you could fly north and just go over the North Pole, cross it, and you'll hit Siberia. Yeah, man, it'd be way faster. Like if we live, if we live on a globe, yeah, and say you live in Alberta, Canada, and you want to fly to Moscow, you just fly over the top part. Yeah. And you'd be there. In no time, but no, you have to fly all the way around. Yeah, I mean, it is insanely cold up there, though. Like uh, negative 70, 80, some crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, it's cold. If once you're in the upper atmosphere, it's cold regardless, though. I mean, that's true. I'm sure they have de icing methods, but <clears throat> I don't know. That's like a whole nother level. Are you, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Practical jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. 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 We, we've just kind of been riffing, which whatever. Um, I got some of the best practical jokes in history. Shut up. Like, how do they know? How do they know they're the best practical jokes in all of history? And let me let me re uh, it's. It's practical jokes in history because there's no way it's the best, but it's definitely like people that have been documented, I guess. Because I got one from the from 1809, you know, the 1800s yeah. era, that I've actually got a little bit more extensive 
thing about, and I've got more of kind of like little small ones here. Like, um, you know what? You the- want to know what the best TV show, the best practical joker on any sitcom TV show is Winston from New Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you've watched New Girl. I have watched New Girl, but I've watched it because my wife has watched a shit ton of it. And I have seen a lot of episodes, but not all episodes. Yes. Winston is like the king of the impractical jokes. Yeah. Like he does some shit. Like uh, I think in one of the episodes, he like dropped a bobcat through the ventilation system at like a funeral (laughs) and just dropped it to the funeral. And he thought it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty funny. Anyways, like those are the Winston's practical jokes. That's on TV. New girl. Watch it. Uh, Impractical Jokers was the name of the TV show, by the way, which I met. Damn it. I'm going to tell this story. Fuck it. Why not? I don't think. Did I ever tell you my Impractical Jokers story? No. Did you? You met Sal? Is that who you met? I met. Hold on. I met. He's Joe. my favorite. By the way. Sal's my favorite. And yes, I think Sal. I met Joe and Sal. And here's how. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. So this is kind of a personal story, but it is what it is, and it's going to be what it is. So I'm bearing. I'm bearing it all. Okay. All right. So here's what happened. Uh, my brother and his uh, wife have basically separated, right? And they are still trying to do things with the kids and all this. Like you know, it's it, it's like a whole thing. Uh, they're they're in the progress of just ending their relationships, that kind of thing. Well. My, I get like so. This, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, as I'm starting to tell a story, let me let me start from the beginning. So, my brother and his his wife had separated, and at this time, you know, they have three kids. They're trying to take care of them. All this kind of things like that. Uh, all of us on my brother's side of the family are still trying to be, you know, like we you know, want to be part of the kids' lives. You know, I'm their uncle. I'm like, you know, whatever I can do, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, they, I get it. You know, I, I, wa- I used to watch their dog for him, even after they separated, like his ex-wife or would call me and be like, Hey, could you watch the dogs for the weekend? Sure. Whatever I can do to help, you know, I'm, you know, you, you might be separated, but you're still kind of part of the family, whatever. So I watched the dogs one time. I go over there and help out with a couple things here and there. And then she ends up asking me, she was like, Hey, I'm thinking about taking the kids to go see the impractical joker is live. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, Oh, my wife loves that. Yeah. She loves that TV show. It's hilarious. I'm like, "I, I gotta be honest. I think it's funny. Like it's, it's awesome. I wish me and my friends could do that. That's like you and three of your bros doing that kind of shit seems fun as hell. Like that's right. the perfect job, right? For oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so I, you know, I'm going on about it. She goes, oh, okay. So I think she ends up going on her phone and ordering the tickets. Well, fast forward months later, it's like the night of, or the day before that they're coming to town and she gives me a call. She's like, Hey, um, the kids have other stuff to do or no, no, no. She goes, I've got some tickets. Do you want these tickets to go see the Impractical Jokers? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, so I'm trying to think exactly how this went down. Um, so she uh, basically, she called. Uh, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself, actually. So the day of the Impractical Jokers thing, she calls me and she goes, hey, I've got some extra tickets. Do you want them? I go, yeah, sure. I'll take them. And then me and my wife are like, hell yeah, we're going to go see the Impractical Jokers live. Yada, yada, yada. Right? So I go over there to pick up the tickets. And she goes, yeah, I've got to get ready. And I'm like, oh, hey, why was my mom's car out in front of your all's house? And she goes, Oh, your mom has the kids. I'm like, okay. Like, where are they at? And then she's like, well, one's at this and the other one's at that. And it's like, I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, why aren't they going? Like if they're at baseball and cheerleading, where, how the hell are they getting to the show? And she goes, Oh, they're not going. I'm like, Oh, okay. They just couldn't make it. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just decided not to go or they didn't want to. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Um, So me and my wife leave. We go get ready. And we're we're kind of excited because my wife's a big fan. So we go out and we're, you know, we got our, we dressed up. I actually took a shower, brushed my teeth, all that good fun. We go out there. Damn. You took a shower and brushed your teeth for this. (laughs) You're damn right. Wow. I I was gussied up. Um, so, and just to show how ballin' I am, I decided to go to the, uh, the, uh, the little stand to get a hot dog and some nachos and a couple beers for me and my lady. Cause that's how I roll. And I Damn. definitely spent like fucking 30 bucks on that bullshit. Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that and we sit down in our seats and I look to the right and there was like four empty seats. I'm like, cool. Uh, the way it was worded to me, I was thinking it was still going to be my brother's ex-wife and like the kids or maybe a couple of them and friends. That's just, I don't know. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. And then as I sit down, I get a text that goes, Hey, I don't want to make this awkward. And it's from my, my brother's ex-wife and she goes i'm coming to the show and i'm bringing my boyfriend oh and i'm like you have fucking put me in the worst position ever yeah like that's because yeah and i'm like i don't know what to do because i'm like i'm not trying to do that to my brother like i'm no this is not cool at fucking all right but I'm already here. I'm in the seat. This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. Yeah. Because I thought originally it was going to be you're going to go over to her house and she was going to be like, all right, are you ready to go? And it's going to be like the two of you. 
going together oh. to the no no <laughs> no it's not that bad that would be even more fucking awkward <laughs> right. uh, which i've my brother is much older than me and i've literally known her since she was like i don't know fuck, a sophomore in college so it's like and i was in elementary school so to me she was just always like a big sister kind of thing yeah. um but so yeah so she sends me that and i go and i'd make at the time like you know what fuck it i'll just it is what it is she's gonna do her thing we're all grown up so i'm like and so i just put something like yeah yeah no it's fine um i was like but tell him i'm watching out for you haha like a brother like kind of like that like, i don't know i just made some dumbass joke I was like oh this fucking sucks but i sent it and then i looked at my wife like this is fucked <laughs> Right. Oh yeah. I was like, this fucking sucks. I like I hated being in the moment. I'm like, all right, this sucks, but whatever. Let's make the best of it. So we're sitting there. And the first guy goes up on stage is a guy named uh like Jiggy, like getting jiggy with it, like J I G G Y. Uh he's a comedian, he's like a stand-up, he's just doing his thing. Um and he does his bit. It's it's pretty funny. Like he, you know, he he's obviously a pro at it. And at the end of his bit, he goes, "Hey, if anybody uh, wants to like my Instagram and uh, comment, you might win a chance to go backstage, right?" Yeah. And and I go and I'm looking. I'm in an, I'm in a giant arena and there's thousands of people. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm gonna win it. I don't even think about it, right? Yeah. But there's a little break, and then here comes my brother's ex-wife, and she's got this guy behind her. And I get up, I go, hey, how's it going? She goes, hey, hey, this is blah blah blah, and it's the same name as my brother. Oh shit. I was like, so her boyfriend has the same first name as my brother. Uh, and I go, the, I'm like, really? Yeah. It's like, hey, this, uh, I'm just going to, not to get reveal my brother's name, but let's just call him Tom and be like, so my brother, Tom. Yeah. And the, she's like, hey, this is my boyfriend, Tom. And I went, mm, Tom, mm, that sounds familiar. Like in my head. And I was like, it's yeah. nice to meet you. It was so freaking awkward. Right. So they sit yeah. down. And the practical jokers gets on. We're all having a good time. You know, they're doing their thing. We're doing ours. Right. And I decided in the middle of practical jokers, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to send this comedian a message via Instagram. So I liked him and I did all that other dumb shit. And then I sent him a DM and I said something like, uh, you're in, I can't remember. It was like something like you're in cat country, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. And I guess the guy saw my Instagram photo, which is me doing stand up. And he goes, Are you a stand up comedian? Like he DM'd me back. I was like, Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, I've been doing stand up for like 10 years. And he's like, Holy shit. You know what? You just won chances to go backstage and meet the impractical jokers, all because I was a stand up and he was giving props to another stand up. And I was like, Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, man. But here's the issue. The practical jokers get done. We get up and we're walking down the stairs and 
my, my brother's ex-wife is walking up the stairs is like hey where are you all going and i like had this internal battle of like do i tell them oh i wouldn't have told them because she, they kind of bought she bought the tickets well i mean technically my brother bought the tickets but whatever um and i was kind of like ah. i was like so you know that thing i kind of sent it and we won to meet the impractical jokers she was like really and so she came with us with this guy to go backstage and here's the best part is that every time one of the impractical jokers goes let's all get a picture together me and my wife and them two were like no 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 you two take a picture and then us two will take a picture and they kept going no no that's stupid why don't you all take a picture together <laughs> and we're like no not at all <laughs> most awkward shit ever and then i had to crop her and this other dude out of every one of the fucking photos uh, so it's literally like if you see the photos you can see like my arm is missing and like the whole half of me is gone and then it's just like the most awkward photos i've had to ever edit and i basically told her i was like look i'm not putting you all on it i don't give a shit uh i was like one your kids don't want to see this shit uh my brother doesn't want to see this shit like no this isn't gonna happen right yeah man God, practical jokers. What what kind of stand up do they do? Do they do actual stand up? Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know at the end of the Kings of Comedy or like the Blue Collar Tour where they'll like sit on stools and kind of bullshit around. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, okay. So it's just all right. So it's just them up there. Do they like answer like do Q and As or? Uh, yeah, I think they did maybe at the end, but like, don't get me wrong, it was scripted to a point because you could tell there was like, there was punchlines and setups throughout it. Yeah. But it was very loose because there's four of them. So, like, when one of them would hit the setup, another one knew to hit the punchline. Right. Gotcha. So it was kind of like that. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that they sit around and practiced forever. Right. And I felt like they were the ones that were behind the whole thing. Like, like, hey, call your ex-husband's brother and get him to go to the show with you. <laughs> and not tell him you're bringing the same, you're bringing a boyfriend with the same name as his brother. If she wants to dance and drink all night.
dude i am buzzing yeah for sure how many of these how many of these have you had well here's the thing i had a beer at uh dinner and then i got back and i had another beer and then i had this beer and now i'm drinking a chorus light because i don't need anything with any extra juice to it i'm just about to finish my third one of these <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> ah. i drank one while uh <laughs> the girls were on and then i drank two since then well two and a tiny sip of this that's impressive by the way <laughs> all right uh well, let's get through some of these damn practical jokes yeah and not just me telling fucking right. stories right. practical right. jokes practical jokes in history <laughs> all right so in the 1400s my nipples itch <laughs> it happens uh thomas betson a prankster monk oh okay because you're a monk why wouldn't you ha- do pranks right yeah it didn't have to be serious all the time so he did one of the earliest documented practical jokes when he hid beetles inside of hollowed out apples and fooled his fellow monks into believing that the apples were mysteriously rocking and possessed. Oh, shit. (laughs) Which is like, all right. (laughs) Right. Let's see. In 1835, there was, uh, let's see. This is called the Great Moon Hoax. Is the first big wait, media wait, trip. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the monk, you think the maybe monk. you think maybe he is who got the uh, Sleepy Hollow thing started. What do you mean? I don't know, dude. The headless horseman with the jack o' lantern, the pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, like just possess fruit? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, no, yeah, yeah. Because it's like the it's like the, well, that is like a possessed warrior right headless the headless horseman and he's got right. the 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 because didn't you say it was a pumpkin or did i hear that wrong it was an apple oh an apple fuck dude i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> but no 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 that could be the we never know that could have been the inspiration for it yeah and they're like oh like po- possess fruit yeah, my my word bar thought of you. This is a new undertaking. That's uh, right. No, I dig that though. That's not bad. I like every, the connection. I mean, every, yeah, everything's got to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's got to start somewhere. Right. All right. So the next one I got is uh 1835. The Great Moon Hoax uh, was the first big media trick. The New York Sun prints an article claiming that astronomers have discovered life on the moon. More articles appear over the next few weeks, and the country is gripped by moon fever. Oh, sure. So, okay. so basically, someone goes, there's life on the moon, and everyone freaks the hell out about it. And then from now on, everyone's thinking the moon's, moon's made out of cheese, and there's a guy living on it. 
Dude, you know that we never been to the moon. <laughs> We're going there, huh? Dude, it's facts. It's like the biggest lie that our government's ever told. I mean, it's honestly, it's just another lie in a in a series of endless lies. But yeah. we've we've never been. the The fact that we can't go today, and NASA's whole—I know I've talked about this before—but NASA's whole explanation as to why we can't go today to the moon is because we lost the technology. I always thought the reason they didn't want to go was to, like, it was just too expensive. Like there was no reason to. No, we've lost the science as to how to get there, how to get through the Van Allen radiation belt. Because currently we don't have anything that has ever been invented that we know of because we've lost it apparently uh, that can keep humans alive to get through the Van Allen radiation belt. It's just something that can't be done. And uh, which is why they, they're, they like put a big hold on the thing of people going to Mars and stuff because can't get through the radiation belt. So <laughs> yeah, there. And then people like Elon Musk are like, well, you fuckers at NASA, how come uh, we went to the moon, you know, 50 60 years ago but we can't do it now you get you're telling me we can't do it i can't send people to mars now because we can't even get to the moon now yeah and they're like yeah sorry elon but now we've lost that technology <laughs> right reinvent it for us buddy so yeah that's that's the that's the biggest thing that's the thing yeah yeah it was all faked. It was all on the sound stage. The whole the whole thing. And so a lot of people are like, well, how do you get that many people in on the lie, right? Well, it really doesn't take that many people. The only people that you need in on the lie are the heads of it, like the heads of NASA, which is Walt Disney and a Nazi. And then yeah. The act the actual astronauts who you could tell after their mission, quote unquote, they all acted like they were fucking somber as hell, like they were trying to keep a secret. Right. right. If you ever watch that interview with them, the first interview where they're all just sitting there looking super dejected. And it's like, okay, you're nas- you're global heroes and you're acting like you know, you just got caught cheating in the World Series. Yeah, maybe that I don't know. Part of me always thought they saw something. Like to me, that makes more sense. They went up there and saw something. I don't think they did anything. I don't think they did. So yeah. there's an hour long video clip that came out. Mm-hmm. If you watch, have you ever watched a documentary called "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon"? No. So there's a documentary out there. That's what it's called. Check it out. In the documentary, they play this uncut video that uh, they found. I don't know how they got a hold of it, but basically it's from the first trip to the moon and it's these, it's like Neil Armstrong and these guys talking to CIA to the CIA through the radios about how to set up this, this one foot 
model, like one foot diameter model of the earth inside of the shuttle and like, like set up the background and like the camera and do all this stuff to make it look like they're taking video or pictures of the earth from halfway from the earth to the moon. Right. And they're like doing all this, like getting it all set up so they can take these videos and pictures and they like cut out the lights inside and they like do the pictures and the video and then they turn the lights back on and then they like the whole time they're on the on the radio with the CIA and shit, like telling them what to do exactly step by step, all this other shit. And the their the explanation. So this video comes out, right? And the explanation NASA gives is well, it was practice for when they actually got halfway to the moon. But <laughs> but like the thing is that was the foot like what they filmed doing the quote unquote practice was what they've been using ever since as the actual footage and pictures of them halfway yeah. to the moon. Oh, I get you. They've never so like the actual pictures and video has never existed. That they've never they've never taken it or they've never showed it like it it doesn't exist the only stuff that exists that they claim is the actual video is the actual video that they recorded in this fucking made up video interesting dude it's all it's all fucked I think it's all lie I think it's all they all it's all bullshit yeah yeah I think it is. I think it's I think it's a simulation. I don't think aliens exist anymore. <laughs> I love to I love aliens too much to believe that. So um I think they ran into some shit. I, I'm I guess I'm more plausible to believe that they ran into shit up there that made them all like holy fuck. Cause I was even hearing something the other day that when um when I was reading this, that like they went up there and there was actually like alien ships like that they could see there was kind of watching them. And then some astronaut was claiming that when he was up there, he could see like space snakes. That's fucked dude. Yeah. And there's like basically these things that could just travel. I'm in space. I see a space snake. I'm getting, I'm done. (laughs) I'm never going to space again. I know that was the scariest shit. I'll, I sat there and thought about that shit for like three days. I was like space snakes, like just, just going through it. I'm like, wow, of all creatures fucking had had to be snakes. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, Dr. Jones. Anyways, what you were saying before about uh, the moon. Basically, somebody said that there was like in this in in the print uh, articles saying that there was they believe that there was life on the moon and it made everyone flip out over it, which might be like in 1835. Maybe that was the tester. Maybe there was life on the moon and they go, ah, shit, maybe we shouldn't tell anybody about it uh, until around the 2000 era when they're ready for it. Um, so their telescopes picked up shit on the moon and they're like, Oh no. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, because so many people had already died. Like, you know, three fourths of the world's population was already wiped off the planet, <laughs> be- right? Between eighteen hundred and eighteen thirty-five. So, mm-hmm. of course, they would be freaking out because that was like post, uh, post alien apocalypse type shit that just happened, right? Or whatever happened. That was one of the options. Alien apocalypse mm. happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, Something fucking happened in the first years of the 1800s. That's right. Uh, actually, I do have some. All right. So, so going back to prodigal jokes here, because uh, the next one is 18 or 1938. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to go to this one first. 1809. Okay. Oh, okay. There's it right in the heart of it. Right. 1809, London, England. Okay. There was a guy named Theodore Hook and Samuel Besley. All right. These two decided to make a bet. And the bet was Theodore Hook goes, I bet I can make a house, the most talked about house in London within a week. And then the Samuel Besley goes, bet. I bet you can't do that shit. And they bet one guinea. I don't know what that is, but that's what they, one single guinea. Yeah. So they decided, so Theodore Hook goes, you pick the place. So they decided a widower uh, by the name of uh, Mrs. Thadanumi. Thadanumi. And she lived at 540. Five Burner Street. Okay. And on the 27th of November, they played their practical joke. Okay. Now, what they did was they picked her. They don't really know why they picked her, but there was a house across the street that was open. And this was like high to do people, by the way. Like Samuel Besley was a like architect and writer, and Theodore Hook was. Uh, some kind of like like you know collegiate that like super smart had tons of money they knew all higher ups anyway right. so they get a so they rented the house across the street from Miss Thought and knew me I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call her Miss Thought Miss <laughs> okay. um, Thought so basically they rented the house across the street 5 a.m. in the morning a chimney sweeper arrives. She goes, I didn't order a chimney sweep. And she goes, oh, sorry, my bad. Twelve more arrived. Her continually having to re- like send back, like, no, no, I didn't order a chimney sweep. Then all of a sudden, cold delivery showed up to fill her supplies of coal to warm her house one yeah. after another, one after another. Then all of a sudden, furniture delivery showed up. And then all of a sudden, a coffin delivery showed up. And then all of a sudden, getting towards the middle of the day, custom wedding cakes delivered. <laughs> Numerous custom wedding cakes. <laughs> and then bakers started to show up. Yeah. Who brought upwards to 2,500 raspberry tarts. Good showed Lord. Showed up at her, at her storage shop. And then... 
Throughout the day, doctors, lawyers, fishermen, dentists, priests, couch makers, coffin manufacturers, wig, wig makers, brewers, shoemakers, and other services all showed up to her doorstep throughout the day. Fuck. And it was so bad that it clogged all the streets going in and out of 545 Burner Street. <laughs> It's just a traffic jam of just all one, these delivery people. Right. And this shit got so oh out of hand God. that to one of the things I wrote down was there was guys there that some of the servicemen, one of them showed up to deliver 12 pianos. <laughs> what? 12 fucking pianos, all of them. Just like, hey, we got your 12 pianos. Like, oh. I didn't order 12 pianos, right? Uh, so then here's what's the best part about it. Other higher ups, like in the clergy, in like law offices, the mayor of fucking London shows up on her doorstep. Like the highest and the most elite of London's political and religious era areas showed up on her doorstep <laughs> and they all got some different letter and the letter to the mayor which once he realized he was duped went yeah. to the police right and the mayor said i got a letter saying that she was on her deathbed and she called for the mayor so she could give a disposition under oath about some kind of situation about basically confessing something that was going to be a contributing factor in the area. Uh, I know the identity of the Jack, the Ripper. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and basically Theodore hook and some buddies wrote 4,000 fucking thousand letters. Oh my God to everyone ordering crazy shit and basically telling them whatever they have to tell them to try to get these officials to this woman's house. And this is a time where like shit's got to be handwritten. Right. <laughs> this, this isn't copy and paste. This is like you and a bunch of buddies are dedicated to yeah. The practical joke. It got so bad that it was borderline a riot because people were trying to deliver shit to her house, getting upset because she was turning it away. And then they had these ridiculous orders like, bitch, I just made 12 pianos. You're taking these 12 fucking pianos. We handmade these fucking things. Right. Right. Yeah. And she goes, I didn't order 12 fucking pianos. And I don't have the money to buy those fucking things. Right. So. It was literally like <laughs> <laughs> chaos. Can you imagine being on the receiving end, like being her in that situation? That, oh, yeah. Dude. For no reason at yeah. all. Yeah. Just one day you wake up and this shit just happens to you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like historians go, we don't know why they chose her. They didn't. It was Look. just random, probably. It was because it, she was the house across the street from where they could rent a house. Right. That's pretty much it. And so they sat there and watched all this unfold. <laughs> Laughing their asses off. Right. And <laughs> just having a grand old time. Like the they, drank, they drank so much scotch that day. 
Dude, so much. So much. At the end of the day, from tales, like once everyone got dispersed and the cops came and yada, yada, they came out of their house. They left. They went back to their residence. And then like weeks later, uh, Theodore Hook admitted he was the one behind it all. <laughs> did he get his one guinea? Yes. Yeah, he did. Because everyone knew about that house within a week. Yeah. And they were all like, holy shit. We heard about that. Whew. Man, that's that is when you've got so much money. Right. Now, this is going on my list of things to do when I win the Mega Millions. <laughs> Just buy a stupid amount of things. Like, yeah, we got a hundred and we got 150,000 pencil erasers <laughs> here to be delivered. Yeah. Uh, where do you want them? Truckloads of deliveries going to this one house for no right. reason. Just Amazon after Amazon. <laughs> this is the third semi truck full of sham wows that has showed up here. <laughs> sham wows. <laughs> Dude, that would be that's the move. You 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 called it right there. Just nothing but first seen on TV bullshit. Yes. Like, <laughs> dude, I have fifty thousand uh I don't even know what you call them. You know the burger maker that they were doing for a while where you <laughs> put a burger and it like puts a hole in it and you could like stuff shit in the burger and then you put a patty on top and it closes it and it makes it like a fucking brick of a burger, but you put like mac and cheese in the middle. No, I've never seen that. When he oh, first dude, started have. that, I thought you were talking about George Foreman. I'm like, what? You don't know what a George Foreman is? Oh, dude, no. Oh, that's actually even funnier. <laughs> Send like a thousand George Foremans to someone's house, yeah. even though they're out of date. Yeah. That's pretty funny.
Dad, I'll tell you all the story about the Joker and the Thief, I said. What's your best practical joke you ever done? God. Oh, so, all right. So I don't know if this is my best one, but this is the one that comes to the top of my mind, like bloop pops up. Right. And my drunken right. stupor that I'm in right now. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was in my early twenties, well, no. So from like age, probably 17, 18 till I was like, I don't know. 24 to 25 I thought it was the most hilarious thing if I ever knew that my dad and my stepmom were going to be gone somewhere for the day and somehow I got that information and I didn't have anything going on that day I would make it a point to go to their house and rearrange their furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it would just be moving the kitchen table over about two feet. Sometimes it would be just completely like reorganizing the entire living room to it's all facing the opposite direction. Like whatever it was, I probably did it two dozen times where they would be gone for the day. Then they'd come home later that night and their furniture in their house was completely rearranged in one way or another. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. We're like the fucking ghosts keep moving shit around here. Uh, (laughs) All right. So (laughs) now that I think about it, okay, my best one, my best one was, uh, there's an app on your phone on that you can get, or at least there was at one point in time where it does prank calls. Right. Right. So this is my dad and my stepmom again. And I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. So I picked the, it's all pre-recorded audio, but it sounds like somebody and then you can like switch it up. So, and you can like put in a number that's like the from number. So like if the person has caller ID, it'll show up as like a local number or something. If you like type in a local number, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I typed in a local number. I had it call my dad's house. And it was this, uh, it, like this guy with like an Asian accent. And he's talking about a newspaper. Yeah. And my stepmom answers the phone and then it's all recorded too. So like, so like at the end, it like it, like you'll say, send, send this audio to this number and then you hit send. And then about five minutes later, it'll send you an alert saying that like the person answered and interacted with the thing or whatever. And it's all been recorded for you. And then you can go back and listen to the audio record. Yeah. And I had it saved on that on the phone that I had at the time forever for like two or three years because it was so fucking funny. But <laughs> anyway, so what it was was my stepmom answered the phone and it's this guy with like this Asian accent and he's like like you've been stealing the newspaper 
out of my front yard. And my stepmom's like, no, like, what are you talking about? We get the newspaper. We don't need to steal the newspaper out of your front yard. And and the guy's like, I mean, and it was perfect timing to the pauses. The pauses were timed out perfectly to what my stepmom was answering with. And then, cause he immediately comes back with like, like, no, I know it was you. I know it was you and you're stealing the newspaper out of my front yard. And I'm tired of it. I'm going to come <laughs> get, I'm going to come get my newspaper back. And my stepmom's like, it's, it wasn't like, it's not us. Like we didn't take your newspaper. And he's like, right. I'm tired of your lies. I'm going over right now and I'm getting my fucking newspaper. And like <laughs> the dude is like, starts flipping out. And then my stepmom stops flipping out back at him. Like, it's not, a, we didn't fucking take a newspaper. And he's like, I, you fucking took my newspaper. I didn't fucking take a newspaper. Right. And they're just like, yeah, she's literally screaming back and forth with a recorded audio. Right. <laughs> and then it like, and then it ends with the recorded audio. This guy just going like, I'm on my way right now and I'm getting my shit back. I'm coming right now. <laughs> and then it hangs up, right? Yeah. So it was like me and my little brother are sitting in my mom's house in my living room at my mom's house listening to the audio recording of my dad and my stepmom, like my stepmom flipping the fuck out. <laughs> and I'm like, and we're just losing it listening to this audio. And then my brother's like, you should probably call them because they're probably freaking out right now. Right. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should probably call. Him. So I call over there and uh, <laughs> my dad answers the phone and he's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, I'm standing on the front porch with a fucking baseball bat. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, well, well, what are you doing that for? <laughs> and he's like, so he, and he starts going into the story. Like well, some asshole just called here fucking talking about, we stole this goddamn newspaper. He's going to come over here and get his shit back. He's like, he's like, I'm staying out here with the baseball, but I'm about to show this motherfucker. What's up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I'm losing it. Right. And I'm like that, 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 that was me. It was a it was a joke. It right. was all, it was all a joke. That was me on the phone. And he's like, "Oh my god, Michael! Oh my, oh my god! I'm standing out here with a fucking baseball bat in my front yard." <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> Don't you ever do that shit again? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that had to have been the best practical joke that I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking of this one. I always felt like an asshole for doing this, but I remember uh, in elementary school, my teacher had a cactus, and I realized you could pull the spines off of it, and. The way you pull it off, it would come with like a piece of the cactus and it would make a little flat spot and you have a little needle 
<laughs> that stuck up right yeah. and then me and my like i realized that and then me and my friends were being loud or something like that and then my teacher like went off on the class was like if anyone fucking gets up or makes a noise or does anything i swear you're getting detention you're not going to recess doing like just going off right so for whatever reason I snagged one of those fucking spines off the cactus and oh my, my buddy God. had got up and was sharpening his pencil. And I sat that shit down in his seat <laughs> and he came back and sat on it and fucking jumped up and was like, whoa, like holy shit. And he's like, you know, like wiping his ass. Cause he's like, I damn it. Something just fucking bit me or something right <laughs> he's freaking out not knowing what the hell just happened and the teacher is yelling at him like just <laughs> giving him like what did i say what did i say you're not supposed to get up just going off he's like i'm sorry something <laughs> <laughs> he never knew that was me it was me and i'm sorry for being an asshole but yeah. god damn it that was funny oh that's great it was, it was like it was one of those times where uh, it, you know what it was it was in like super troopers they're like if, if one more person says shenanigans I swear to god I'm gonna pistol whip them <laughs> and then I'm the asshole going hey Farva <laughs> what's that place you like to eat at <laughs> you mean shenanigans yeah that was me that's what that was uh, yeah oh yeah you ever had any April Fool's Day jokes done on you that got you really good no, but I had a lot of people accuse me of an April Fool's joke. Like recently, like basically what happened was where I was working, uh, this guy who I worked with was on his way to work. It was like four in the morning. This is a completely true story, by the way. So this guy was on his way to work and we, at the time we were going to work really early. So he was like going to work at like three in the morning. And uh, this car started to follow him, like flash its lights, honk its horn, kind of freaked him out. So he like sped away from these people yeah. and uh, he like gets away from them. He goes, man, that was freaky. He could go to where we work. He goes, you know what? I'm kind of unsettled. I'm going to go to the store and get some cigarettes. So he's on his way to this like gas station. The only one that's like really open He's as he's driving up there, he sees that car. He goes, oh, shit. And he does a U-turn and he starts to drive away and he goes, I looked back and the car was gone. And I looked back through my passenger windshield and this fucking guy pulls out a gun and starts unloading it onto his car. What? Yeah. And this dude is a tall lanky guy and he's driving like a old school Cadillac and he just happened to drive where his back seat or his driver's seat was like in the back seat. Like he just leaned the fuck back when he drove. And because of that, the bullets went through the car and didn't actually hit him. Right. So he, after that happens, that other car drives off. He drives to work, right? Freaking out. They call the cops. The cops come. The cops are being very accusatory of him. He goes, yeah, these fucking assholes are like, what did you do? Like, bitch, I was driving to work is what I did. 
Right. But why would someone do that to you? Because that's their first. Like, why would someone do that to you? I was like, because they're fucking crazy. Uh, and they're like, <laughs> right. like you don't sell drugs. Do you? He goes, no, I don't fucking sell drugs. I work. You think I'd work here if I sold fucking drugs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the dude that happened this is like one of my. He's like one of my favorite people to work with. The dude just talks in uh, sarcasm. Like he. If I could get him on the podcast, I totally fucking would. He's is one of my favorite people to work with. But so the cops are just being accusatory. Like, well, what are you into? What are you doing? Why would someone do that? He goes, bitch, I don't know. Fuck, fuck all this shit. Like, whatever. The cops leave. One of the other guys we work with is like, hey, man, you got a hole in your pants. And he goes, what? And he looks down and he raises up his leg and he realized he's been shot in the fucking leg. Oh, shit. Didn't know it. Yeah. Because his adrenaline's pumping so much. And what happened was one of the bullets came in through the side door, hit the driver, hit the steering wheel, and then ricocheted down, hit him in the like in the ankle, essentially. And then they said if it was a millimeter up or down or whatever it was, a millimeter closer, it could have shattered his ankle. But it didn't. It hit like a sweet spot where there was nothing really there and it's not really gonna affect him. Yeah. Ooh, lucky. Yeah, so he went to the hospital, did that whole thing. Well, here's the thing. This shit happened on April fucking fools that yeah. night. So the next day I hear about this and I message some people that I know from the other uh site from the other building and I go, Holy shit, did you hear about da da da? He got fucking shot. And everybody, I mean fucking everybody. At first, I was like, oh, oh, what a this fucking asshole and everyone just talked about how big of an asshole I was because <laughs> I'm making up a story about this guy getting shot. Yeah. Because you're like, Oh, ha ha April fools. Right. And I'm like, no, you fucking dickheads. He fucking got shot. He's in the hospital. And they're like, Oh, all right, man, that's pretty dark. Even for you. That's not a good practical joke. It's not even funny, bro. I'm like, yeah, I know He got fucking shot. <laughs> And it wasn't until like 12, one o'clock in the afternoon that I got all these texts back. like, holy shit. Were you being for real? Yes. Yes, yeah. I was being for real. He got fucking shot. Oh, my yeah. God. It's like the opposite of the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Yeah, it is the complete opposite. Right. <laughs> Did you do all the practical jokes and histories that you have wrote down? No, uh, I've got like, there's like 15, but whatever we've, we've done what we're going to do. I yeah. do want to end on, I, I'm going to end on this one though, just cause okay. I keep running across this on Instagram and every other social media outlet. But, uh, do you know who cry Sapos cry Sapius Sipius cry You know who cry is? Not even a little bit. Was he Greek? He is Greek. Okay. He lived back in the day and he was the first person to laugh himself to death. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah. He laughed so hard at his own fucking joke. He <laughs> laughed himself to death. <laughs> that sounds like something that one of us could do. Oh, I hope, I hope when I'm like in my eighties or nineties, I do a fucking joke that I laugh myself to death with, because that would be my happiest of endings. 
Chrysippus. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He left himself to death. What was the joke? <laughs> that is a good question. I'm sure it was All an right. inside joke. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so there's two accounts. One of them says that Chrysippus was seized and was seized with dizziness, having drunk undiluted wine at a feast and dying suit after. And then other people say he uh, died from his own joke. So it might have been, you know, he might have been so drunk he made a joke and then boom, done. Dude, I mean, that's the time to do it. That's the time. That's the time to get it done is when you're drunk and you're just joking around. And then you're like, I am the funniest person in the world. And nobody makes me laugh like me. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think he made himself laugh too hard. Dude, that's that's what I would go with. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. So this has been a pretty good April Fools. Yeah. If uh, if you uh have any really fucking awesome April Fools or just impractical or practical jokes that you've played on somebody, uh let us know about it and we'll talk about it on the podcast at uh, soberlesslots at gmail.com or you That's can right. uh, uh, hit us with those DMs on social media where you can find us on uh, Instagram at soberlesslots or Facebook at soberlesslots or uh, Twitter at Think Soberless or just search Soberless Thoughts and you can find all of the past episodes of Soberless Thoughts on all the podcatchers out there catch him podcast just search soberless thoughts or you can even go to our website that's right we have a website called soberlessthoughts.com where you can find all yeah. of the past web uh episodes uh oh shit we're like at a 140 something episodes now you know they say alex you know they say that podcasts nowadays don't even last like three to four months is the average length of a podcast. Did you know that? I did not, but you know what? It makes sense because so many people think it's an easy thing to do and they can just hop on and they'll just, it after three months, they'll be famous. Everybody's looking for that get rich quick scheme. Right. Well, this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is uh just, bringing down the house for everybody out there. Uh, <laughs> right. We just like the bullshit. This is just, this is just, this is just for, this is for the people in 24 different countries that listen to several thoughts. You damn right. And I'm going to name all 24 different countries right now. All right. In, in chronological order as the, the most listens United States Zimbabwe Zimbabwe 983 downloads this past week yeah damn right thank you Zimbabwe Zimbabwe India Canada Germany Belgium UK Spain Singapore Philippines Bangladesh Australia Brazil Netherlands Indonesia Ireland Romania, Israel, France, Sweden, Japan, Greece, Malaysia, and that one dude in Hungary. 
Get up, hungry. <laughs> that one dude in Hungary who's like, I like, Man. I'm a soberless thinker. <laughs> yeah. I like what they're laying down. Yeah. I'm a soberless thinker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you to all those people out yeah. there listening hey, to the those, soberless thoughts. Those big podcasts would not say what up to the one listener in one country and we saying, what's up, hungry? That's right. Yeah. What's up, hungry? So, uh, what you need to do when you find yourself in that hungry skillet is you need to stay cheesy. You need to keep it greasy and flip the fuck on out. Stay hungry. (laughs) 